this moment I I can't see beyond the clouds My doubt unfolding As thunder shakes the ground But you were here before me You were here before me Into the storm I speak your holy Jesus, though I can't see it now, I know you've made a way. Yeah, yeah. Cause you were here before me, you knew what I'd see, you saw it all before me.
There are only two animals on the planet that the Creator identified himself with. The first one is the eagle. The eagle. And the second animal is the lion. And when I identified those two animals as his favorite to identify himself with, I recognized I better study these two animals because if he is the leader of the universe and I want to be a leader on earth, I better find out the nature of these animals and also the attitude of these animals. And I discovered that both of them are the kings of their domain. The eagle is the king of the bird kingdom and the lion is the king of the animal kingdom. But let's talk a little bit about the lion. The lion has what I call the spirit of leadership. And this word spirit here is referring to attitude. Everybody say attitude. A leader has a attitude that makes him or her different from followers. Now, the lion is the king of the jungle, but the lion to me is a great source of encouragement to all of us. I want you to write this down. Remember this as long as you live. Number one, the lion is not the tallest animal in the jungle. Number two, the lion is not the largest animal in the jungle. Number three, the lion is not the heaviest animal in the jungle. Number four, the lion is not the smartest animal or the most intelligent animal in the jungle. And yet, when he shows up, they all run away. Well, here's one of my favorite quotes that I put in my books. And I believe it really brings home the point. An army of sheep led by a lion will always defeat an army of lions led by a sheep. And the answers to that dilemma is this. Because leadership can transform cowards into violent warriors. The right kind of leadership can transform a timid into bold people who are fearless. Leadership is that powerful. Leadership can walk into a camp of depressed people and in 20 minutes they have turned on into unbelievable powerful armies because leadership determines everything. The lion is the king of the jungle because of one word attitude everybody say attitude write it down attitude the lion has a different attitude that makes every animal afraid of him now we don't want to lead by fear but it does take respect for you to become a leader when I use the word fear in the jungle we're talking about respect the elephant respects the lion the hyenas respect the lion, the, the giraffes, they respect the lion. What makes these massive animals respect such a small cat? The attitude is the difference. For example, a lion will see an elephant and the thing that comes to his mind, one word, lunch. I could eat this thing. And he acts the way he thinks. Now here's another amazing mystery. 
the elephant is larger, bigger, stronger, more powerful, heavier, and more intelligent. And yet when the elephant sees the lion, one word comes to mind, eater. Attitude is a product of belief. You cannot have an attitude beyond your belief. So your attitude comes from your belief system. The lion is the king because of what he believes about him. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to Sunday service. My name is Pastor Todd Coconato. So thankful that you've tuned in to today's broadcast. We're going to talk about Gilgal today. What is Gilgal? What's the significance of Gilgal? Well, you know, many of us are in a season of transition right now. We haven't quite made it to what we would consider the promised land or prayers that are answered. We're praying. We're still in the process of praying for something big, for a breakthrough in our life, for a breakthrough in this ministry, for a breakthrough in your marriage with your children. This message, I believe, is going to impact many people. I, I really feel like there's an anointing on the message today. As God has been putting this message in my heart for the last couple of months, and, and today is the day that I'm going to teach on it. So uh, buckle up. We're going to talk about Gilgal. Before we do that, though, let's go ahead and pray. So, Lord, we just thank you for today. We thank you for this message. We thank you for this remnant community where we get to come together and worship you. And, Lord God, I just pray right now that we would have ears to hear We'd have eyes to see what you would want us to know today. Sanctify me this morning, Lord God. Let me, let me, uh, you know, understand how to best preach this message in accordance to your will. And I pray that you would just anoint it right now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, let's get into this. So Gilgal was a place of memorial. What is Gilgal? If you got your Bibles, you go ahead and turn to Joshua chapter four, and we're going to read from there in just a minute. But Gilgal was a place of memorial. It's a significant place in the Bible as serving as a place of memorial for the Israelites, okay? And to remind them of what God has done. Let's stop there. Sometimes we've got to be reminded about what God has done, what he's done in our life, what he's done in our in our marriage, what he's done in our household, what he's done with our kids, what he's done in our singlehood. Whatever it is that you're walking through and you're experiencing in your faith journey right now, Just take a moment to think about times in your life that God has got you through. When it seemed like it was hard, when it seemed like it was impossible, but God got you through. And a lot of times it ends up being far better than what we would ever have expected, especially if we were inquiring of the Holy Spirit and God gave us a way out. There's been times when I've had to pray in a situation for a way out. Maybe I got in it, you know, by flesh. I, I I wasn't listening to God. I wasn't seeking God. I got myself in a bind and I had to get on my knees. Have you ever been there? And just say, Lord, help. Get me out of this situation. Uh, maybe you signed a contract that you shouldn't have signed. Maybe you got yourself in, in some type of situation that you said yes to and you realize this is not something I should have said yes to. Uh, many of us, most of us, almost all of us probably have been through something like that. And, you know, we're we're about to go into the Remnant Revival Center here in Nashville. Uh, the opening is May 5th. And by the way, if you're able to get out here, get down here for May 5th in Nashville. We've been putting the information up on our Facebook and social media posts. Uh, but I would love to see you in person. I believe God's going to do something very powerful and very special. But why do I bring that up? 
because Gilgal is that place right before the breakthrough, right before the blessing. You know, that's often the time when so many people give up. It, there's actually a meme out there and it's really good. It's got this guy like picking through a wall and it's like, there's just a little sliver between him and a bunch of diamonds. And, and he gives up right before the breakthrough. And isn't Satan just so good at getting believers to give up before the breakthrough? I've seen people that were so close to having a huge breakthrough in their life. And instead they backslid or they gave up or they grew, they grew weary and they didn't finish well. And that's why the Bible tells us we got to finish well. It's not just about, you know, us getting in there and, and then, yeah, everything's all great. And then we just forget about what God did. He wants us to do, okay, he came through, but now your job is to continue to be faithful all the way until the Lord takes us home, whether it's that we're raptured out of here or we die. You know, either way, we got to finish well. This is the, the for the duration. It's not it's not just like, oh, I'm doing good in this season and then I get apathetic or, oh, I'm doing good in this season and then I get complacent or, you know, I start going back to my vomit, back to my old ways that the Lord has already delivered me from. I've seen this, listen, as a pastor for many, many people where they were doing good. They stopped drinking. They stopped smoking marijuana. They stopped doing drugs and alcohol. They stopped cheating on their spouse and they vowed they would never do it again. And even the spouse said, okay, I'm going to give you one more chance. I mean, things like this. And it's like, you know, they got another chance from God and then they don't finish well. You got to finish well. It's all about how we finish. Look, it's great to be doing the will of God now. You know, a lot of us are in a season where, yes, it may be difficult or you know, there might be some warfare but you know what if things get tougher are we going to bail out on god we've got to be sustainable christians we've got to be christians that no matter what in the highs and in the lows we've learned to to worship the lord to depend on him to trust in him to lean not on our own understanding and believe that he's going to find us a way out and a way through and so let me read a little bit more about gilgal so it's significant as serving as a place of memorial for the israelites to remind them of what God had done. And, and, and let's just think about this. He miraculously crossed them over the Jordan River. You remember that? Uh, you know, into the promised land. The Israelites set up 12 stones taken from the river, representing the 12 tribes, to serve as a reminder to the children of Israel. I had you turn to Joshua 4, 19 through 20, and it says this, the people came up out of the Jordan and on the 10th day of the first month, and they encamped at Gilgal at the east border of Jericho and those 12 stones, which they took out of the Jordan, Joshua set up at Gilgal. So it's this place of memorial. It's this place where they're remembering what God had just done. And the stones at Gilgal would remind the Israelites and their descendants of the power of God and how he had dried up the Jordan river so that they could walk through it just as he had done with the red sea. Many people don't talk about the Jordan River. They just talk about the Red Sea. The stones at Gilgal would serve a teaching purpose to the younger generation so that they too could remember what the Lord had done for them. Okay, let's stop there. Passing on the legacy to the children. You know, look, uh, I have a daughter. You know, many of you know that. Uh, many of you have a daughter or a son or grandkids. And it's so important for us not only to finish well ourselves, but to pass on to the next generation what God has done. We've got to tell the story. 
That's why, you know, uh, the, the Bible says in the end, you know, they're going to they're going to overcome by what the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. And as many of you know, it's a joy for me. It's an honor for me to be able to share my testimony often about what God did when I was stabbed nine times and almost died. But God spared my life and gave me a ministry, his ministry, you know, to to speak the truth of the gospel message. And we've been going strong now for over 20 years. And thank God for his grace and thank God for his mercy. But why do I tell the testimony? Is it to get pats on the back? Is it so that people can say, wow, that's so cool, Todd? Wow. No. Why I give the testimonies because I'm reminding others of what God has done. And that's what your testimony does. It reminds others. You have a testimony. Some of you have never given your testimony. Every one of you has a story. Every one of you has a testimony. Now, there's going to be things in your life that you've been through that were painful. And sometimes you don't want to reminisce. You don't want to remember those things because it's like, you know, those were very painful things to walk through. But God turns around what was meant for evil and uses it for good. Just like my stabbing, like nine stabs, how can that be good? Well, it's good because God spared my life, gave me another chance. I went into the presence of the Lord. He spoke a message to me, tell people that I'm real, stay on fire for me. And so that was turned around. What was meant for evil has now been used for the glory of God. You say, Pastor Todd, I was molested as a child. Pastor Todd, I, I was raped. Pastor Todd, I had you know, multiple abortions. Listen, I know those are all extremely painful things. I want to share something with you. Uh, you know, I know it seems like you are alone sometimes in that, but I've been pastoring for a long time. And I will tell you, I meet more people that have had some type of molestation or some type of something that happened as a child than I do that don't. It's that many people that have had this happen. So I just want you to know you're not alone. And the devil wants to use that to keep you down. But God wants to turn that situation around and use it so that you can minister to others that have been through that. And you can share with them how you accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior. And he came into your heart and he turned around a bad situation and fixed it. He healed your broken heart. He, he filled the void. He healed the wound. Only, only the Holy Spirit can truly do that. And, and we ask God, Lord, please take this pain you know, we lay it at the foot of the cross. Take this painful thing that I've had to walk through and, and Lord, use it for your glory. And he'll do just that, friends. He'll use it for his glory. He'll give you the peace that passes understanding, even if you've been through that super painful thing. But what God is saying in this, in the situation with Gilgal is that we have to remind ourselves sometimes all the things that God has done in, in order for us to muster up the faith where we need to go now. Because it's like, I always say he's taking me this far. If he's taking me this far, I don't think he's going to leave me now. And the truth is he won't. And it's the same for you. It's the same for you. Hallelujah. Um, you know, so it was, listen to this, okay? Now, Gilgal was a place of consecration and change. Let's say it again. Consecration and change. Okay, now I understand why God wants me to talk about this. We're, he's literally calling us to consecrate. That's what this group, this remnant community, the body, the ecclesia, is doing what's consecration it, it means that we're going to a place where we're saying look i don't want to have these areas of repetitive sin in my life anymore i'm sick of it i want to cleanse 
I want to, I want to, I want to be washed by the blood of the lamb. And I don't want to go back to my old self. I don't want to go back to the things that God has delivered me from. And you know what, right now you, you could receive uh, deliverance and healing. We're going to be having a call in the next two weeks about uh, deliverance because so many people have said, I want to know more about deliverance. We're going to have a deliverance training. And if you are part of the core group, you say, pastor Todd, how do I join the core group? Well, simple, just go on Facebook and, and join the core group. Uh, in fact, I'll put a link up today. A fresh link on the at Real Todd Coconado Facebook, at Real Todd Coconado Facebook. If you want to join the core group, I'm going to put the link up there. Just go down a couple posts and you'll see how to join the core group. And I would recommend joining it because we're going to be doing these types of trainings. Every time somebody says, Pastor, I want to learn more about this or Pastor, I want to learn more about that. We're going to do it. Let's do it. Why not? Why wouldn't we? Right. I mean, if you want to be equipped, uh, if you hunger and thirst, I want to make sure as a shepherd, I'm giving you the answers according to the word of God. It's not my answers. It's God's answers. So we're going to do that as a, as a community. Hallelujah. But this is a, a season of consecration and change. That's why many of you are feeling a little bit uncomfortable. I was just talking with a pastor and I said, you know, it's so weird because it's like for 17 years, we had a church in California that I pastored and you know, my family was with me. We all pastored and, you know, we moved out here to Nashville and for three years, you know, voila, it's been the online community, which I mean, I could never have imagined God doing what he's done. And I'm so humbled and so blessed by you. And I want you to know if you're not going to be attending in-person services here in Nashville because you're somewhere else, you are just as much a part of this remnant community. This remnant is going to continue moving forward. We're going to do everything that we've done up until now. And the reason is because you have become family and we have become a body and God did something that only he could do in that in that crazy period of time over the last couple of years. He brought his remnant together. And it's amazing. But anyways, we're going to we're going to consecrate and change. That's what's going on. It's a, it's a transition. And it was at Gilgal that the Israelites were circumcised and they celebrated their first Passover. What did you know this? OK. And in the promised land, uh, you know, you can if you're taking the notes, it's Joshua five, seven through eight and Joshua 10, Joshua 5, 7 through 8, and verse 10 as well, verse 10. The children of those who had wandered in the desert had not yet been circumcised, and it was time for them to take the sign of the covenant and to be set apart as God's people. This time of circumcision is what gave Gilgal its name, for the Lord said he had rolled away the reproach of Egypt from you. Okay, what does this mean? Well, the reproach was the Israelites' uncircumcised condition, and the rolling away of that reproach set them apart once and for all from the Egyptian people and their way of life. This is a mic drop. This is a mic drop because, listen, what's the book that I'm writing right now that's out uh, you know, on pre-order right now? Come out from among them. Have you heard the story about an August two years ago when a when a messenger angel visited me. It was either in a sleep or it was I was awake. I really don't know which it was. It was so real. Have you ever had a dream like that? It was just so real. And it, it it seems like I was awake and this messenger angel was right there at the at the side of my bed where I was sleeping. And I had my daughter who was a baby, you know, at the time sleeping in the bed with us and then my wife and they didn't wake up. But I, I will never forget that day. Uh, it was the middle of the night, probably around three or four in the morning. And this messenger angel spoke to me. And at first I was paralyzed with fear, like the Bible says so often as somebody sees an angel. But then I realized it wasn't a demon. It was it was holy. You know, it was something of God. And it just said two things again. It said, 
come out from among them and be consecrated. Come out from among them and be consecrated. Now, listen, friends, I know some of this stuff sounds out there, okay? I'm a seeing is believing guy. Listen, from back in the day, okay, I mean, listen, I, I didn't believe that Christianity was real. Can I just be frank with you? Can I be real? I didn't, I was in the world. I said, those Christians are nuts. Uh, my mom was a Christian. I thought she was just doing some ridiculous stuff that I had more knowledge, that I was a, you know, more well-rounded uh, individual that knew the world. And, you know, and she was just this backward Christian that was still believing some ancient religion. Yes, that was once me. And if you were ever in that place, you would understand. I had to have an encounter like the Apostle Paul on the Damascus Road. It was it was an encounter of the Holy Spirit. I mean, talk about an encounter, nine stab wounds. And, you know, some of you know the story, but I actually got saved before that about two years earlier in Hawaii, where I had originally given my heart to the Lord. But it was like that two years period of trying to find Christian friends and trying to find my identity in Christ. And, you know, it was, I was like in a total limbo period, you know, where I'd come out of Hollywood and the club scene and, you know, acting and all the things that I had done out there. And all of a sudden I'm in this very conservative Christian church trying to find people that I can relate to. And there was a guy, thank God that I, that I met, but it was like not a lot of people. And so eventually I, I got bored and, you know, restless and, you know, said, well, maybe I need to go back to my old friends. And that was actually the day that I got stabbed. Uh, so just, you know, know a little bit of the backstory that you may never have heard. It was that day that I said, well, I'm going to go visit my friend. And I had left the gym, you know, might've been, I don't know, nine o'clock at night or something like that. It was a nice warm evening in Southern California. I was in Granada Hills and I left the, the uh, LA fitness that was there. And I was going to this apartment complex to visit somebody that was from my past. And in that apartment complex is where the guy, you know, came out of the apartment and ended up stabbing me nine times, one in the heart. So, you know, it was it was totally out of nowhere. I had never seen this guy before in my life. Uh, I think he was on drugs, definitely, because the way he was acting was just not normal. It was demonic. Uh, but when he stabbed me, what happened was, you know, I picked up my sweatshirt and he looked at me and, and I think he realized he was going to be a murderer. And then he ended up saying, oh, my God, I better get this guy to the hospital. He picks me up and I told him, go to the Granada Hills Hospital. And that's when he took me there. So he's driving in my car. Anyway, you know, you know, the story, many of you, some of you might not. But the, the deal is I went back to my vomit. I went back to my past and that was a Damascus road. It was an encounter that I had, you know, and, you know, it, listen, it, the time of circumcision for this group is now. Uh, what do I mean is like we, we've got to be consecrated. You know, we can't be like I keep saying the hour is so late. We can't be half stepping as a Christian. We can't be, you know, partially in one foot in one foot out. We can't be fence sitting. OK, this is a time for us to go all in. We either believe this stuff or we don't. You know, this is either our reality. This is the reality of the world or it's not. And if it is, think about it. Everything in the Bible is true and real, which it is. So we are able to do the things the Bible says we're able to do. We're able to accomplish the things the Bible says we're able to accomplish. You know, we're able to walk in consecration. It's very important to the Lord. That's how the anointing comes. The anointing comes when you say to God, look, I'm, will I'm willing to obey your commands. I'm willing to give this thing up. I'm willing to sacrifice this in order for, you know, because I want to please you. I want, I want to be, you know, when I, when I go home, I want you to say, well done, good and faithful servant. You know, I don't want you to spit me out because I was lukewarm. I don't want to be one of those people that has a little leaven in my life. Then the whole thing's messed up. God's looking for a consecrated people. Now, don't be too hard on yourself either, because sometimes people are so hard on themselves. Look, we're all human. If you make a mistake, just repent. 
but do everything in your power not to be living a life of sin and not to be going back to things that the Bible says are sin, if that makes sense, right? So the time of circumcision is what gave Gilgal the name. Very important names in the Bible, by the way, very important. And they were getting rid of Egypt. They were getting rid of, you know what that is? It's what I call the Babylon system. They were getting rid of the idols. They were getting rid of the junk. They were getting rid of the stuff that they had, you know, soul ties, maybe some, you know, you, you slept with a bunch of people outside of wedlock, you know, get healing, get deliverance for that. Repent, denounce it and say, Lord, you know, consecrate my heart. I need cleansing. I only by your blood. Can you heal me of these things? Some people don't believe in soul ties. They have different names, whatever the case may be. Listen, if you've opened a door in your life with sexual promiscuity, repent of it and turn from it. Don't go back to it. Don't, don't keep going back repetitively and repetitively. And I'm talking about pornography too. I'm talking about all of the things that grieve God that you know in your heart is wrong and you've repented of, and then you go back to it. Listen, when we're walking in consecration, it means we're doing everything in our power to stop this sin, to, to, to please the Lord. We don't, the, sin opens the door. We talk about this all the time, but many people are going through different things. Now it's either warfare or it's sin. One of those two things, is happening, and that's why it's causing you the problem that you're having. With the warfare, we fight with the weapons that we have, and we've taught a lot about that over the last couple of years. We'll do it again soon. With the open doors, it's because you have an area of sin, and in the courts of heaven, unfortunately, the demonic realm, the demonic, uh, you know, the demons, they have a way to attack you when you have an open door because it's like, you know, it's like going to court. You know, you go to court, the, God, the judge may love you, the judge may think you're an awesome guy, but if you did something illegal, if you did a hit and run, you know, it's a, it, you're going to have to pay the consequences for it. There's a consequence for that. You know, there might be a chance that, you know, they may let you off easy or something, but for the most part, there's going to, you're going to have to pay a fine. You're going to have to do community service. You may even do jail time. Well, Christ died on the cross for us. So that blood is our atonement that washes us clean. But our action, what we need to do is repent and turn. And that's what a lot of preachers don't preach about. We've got to repent and turn. When you do that, you are a new creation. The Bible says whoever's in Christ is a new creation. The old has passed away. Well, the only way that that can happen is if you consecrate yourself and if you repent, right? That's the, And so that's where the anointing comes from. People see open doors and favor on my life and they think, what's the secret sauce? There's no secret sauce. You know what it is? You're a repentant person and you're walking the unction and the anointing of the Holy Spirit. And that, that means your heart's in the right place and you're doing the right thing before God. We've got to do the right thing in accordance to his word. And when we do that, the good father blesses us and he gives us open doors and favor and blessing. Does that make sense? So here's the deal. Uh, this time of circumcision is what gave Gilgal its name for the Lord said he rolled away the reproach of Egypt from you. Okay, and that reproach was the Israelites' uncircumcised condition and the rolling away of the reproach set them apart once and for all from the system of the Egyptians. But, you know, I'll, I will just say the Babylon system. You know, after the Israelites celebrated the Passover and began to eat the produce of their new land, the manna that the Lord had provided during their years of wandering stopped. Now, I want to make a big emphasis on this because this is, again, very significant. The provision that God had given them in the desert place, when they got to this place and consecrated, it was such a transitional season, a season of change, a season of new. What have I been saying since the beginning of this new year? It's a season of new. Many of you feel it, and you're in this transition. You feel it. 
You know something has changed. You can't go back anymore to the things of the past. You can't you can't fit that new wine in the old wineskin. It's a totally different period. And this is what happened. And so what happened? There was a shift in the provision. All of a sudden, the manna stopped. But why? Because God had better. He had something powerful, something new, something fresh. They didn't need that provision anymore. They were going to go into something deeper, deeper waters. Are you getting this this morning? This is profound if we understand this. It's so profound. That's where this group is right now. We're at Gilgal. Why am I preaching about this today? We are at Gilgal. It's a season of consecration. It's a season of separation. It's a season where we're about to go into a new promised land. I'm speaking that over you as well in your situation. And this, this is why we must consecrate right now. We must get rid of the things that are, that are conformed to this world. We must be transformed. Why? By the renewing of our mind, going into the new season, getting rid of the Babylon stuff, getting rid of it, consecrating ourselves. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And they celebrated Passover there. We just talked about Passover last week and began to eat the produce of the new land. And that's why the manna had stopped because they didn't need it anymore. This is also happening while they camped out at Gilgal. Very important. Now, Gilgal is also a place of worship. If you're taking notes, write this down. It's a place of worship. Years later, Gilgal was still a place of worship to offer sacrifices to the Lord. And it was the place where Saul was publicly crowned the first king of Israel. Unfortunately, as the Israelites slipped into idolatry, Gilgal became connected with the worship of false gods. Now, this is very important because here is Gilgal, this place of consecration, this place of getting out of Babylon, even though it's Egypt. I'm saying the system of the world. When I say Babylon, that's what I mean, the system of the world or something that's not godly, uh, the Antichrist spirit, anything that's not in God's law or God's word. And so anyways, they... They went back to idols again. It ended up being so sometimes something will start off well, but they don't finish well. We've got to finish well. This is so important. Uh, it's a place of judgment. It was at Gilgal that Samuel rebuked Saul and prophesied of his loss of the kingdom. That's 1 Samuel 13, uh, 13 through 14. 1 Samuel 13, 13 through 14. Saul had been instructions to stay at Gilgal and wait for Samuel before offering sacrifices to the Lord there. Rather than obey, Saul took the matter in his own hands and sacrificed to the Lord at Gilgal. And when Samuel had arrived, he announced judgment on Saul for his disobedience, stating that Saul's kingdom and position would not endure. Okay, here's the deal. Obedience. Okay, what, what is the call? The call is to consecrate yourself. The call is to is to leave the Babylon system behind, to 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 circumcise, you know, to to consecrate, to be set apart, to be set up for success, to do what the Lord has, has spoke to us as a community. Here's where we got to be cautious. Sometimes when you're in it for a while, you start forgetting what God did, and I'm going to talk about this in a minute. Let me just finish my thought here, okay? So there, uh, you know, here's Samuel saying, "Look, this same place." that had been a place of worship, that had been a place of consecration, that had been a place of a change of a season. Now it was becoming a place of judgment because unfortunately they had disobeyed and they went into idol worship once again. Uh, the other thing it is, if you're taking notes, it's a place of prophets. Gilgal was one of three cities where Samuel regularly held court as the judge of Israel. And it seems that Elijah and Elisha spent some time at a place called Gilgal before Elijah's departure to heaven. This is most likely not the same Gilgal, but we don't know that as where Joshua had camp. Rather, it's a place near 
uh, Bethel in central Canaan. That's what a lot of scholars believe about that. Sometime after Elijah was gone, Elisha returned to Gilgal where many other prophets resided. And there he found that Gilgal was in the midst of a famine and so uh, made sure the prophets were fed. And uh, he also miraculously fed around 100 other residents. And that's found in 2 Kings 4, 38 through 44. And by the way, that's a precursor to what Jesus did when he fed the 5,000. Gilgal was a significant place, and it reminded the Israelites of their heritage. It served as a place of worship, and it was visited by kings and prophets. Now, let me surmise this whole thing. Okay, how does this relate to us? Well, listen, it's just, how many times have I said this? If you've been around for a while, you remember a season of preparation and separation before we go into the destination. If you've been in a transition, if you've been believing God for something big in your life, and, and, you, and you've waited on the Lord, and you haven't got ahead of him, you haven't tried to make it happen on your own, you're truly in a place of consecration. I believe God is going to take you into a new season in a very short time. We are seeing, Michelle and I, in this ministry, the fruition of the vision. We're seeing fruition of years and years and years of prayer. And we feel the favor of God. I feel the blessing of God. Now, listen, the world is going nuts. Uh, you know, I'm not going to sit here and promise you that things are going to get better in the world. I know a lot of prophets are promising that. I know a lot of people online are promising that. I, as a pastor and a shepherd at this ministry, I'm not going to promise you that. What I am going to promise you is that your situation will be blessed. There will be favor on you and your household. The angel of death will pass your you over because of the blood on your doorstop, on your on your you know over your door. Okay, we've talked about this last couple of weeks. This is all coming into the understanding. I want you to understand something. When I when I give a sermon, it, it's it's over prayer. It's over, you know, I, I ask the Lord what's on your heart, Lord, for this community. I don't go to Sermon Central and just download something super easily. Okay, I, I, I pray and I, I intercede and I ask of the Holy Spirit, what do you have for me to share to the people that are going to be watching this message? And I felt so strongly that this is the message for today. We are literally at Gilgal right now. The manna is stopping. It's a season of transition and change. It's a season of new. We can't go back to the old. Prayers are in transaction right now, and many of them are going to start coming into fruition. Now you say two months down the line, I still haven't seen anything. Listen, don't be like that guy in that meme that was like, you know, picking through the wall and he gives up like two seconds before the breakthrough. We've got to have the patience to know that it's in God's timing but we've got to praise him for what he's about to do. And if the manna has stopped, remember it's because you're now going to eat from the fruit of the promised land. That's very significant. It's better. It's It tastes better. It's healthier. It's better for you. It's new. It's what God has. Whatever's going on in the world, we're watchmen. We, we discern the times. We understand the lateness of the hour. But it's just like when Jesus came and, and they thought that he was going to overthrow Rome. Many people have misunderstood God. They thought that God was going to come and overturn all the corruption in politics. They thought that God was going to come and overturn the corrupt regime that we have in America or many of the Western countries. 
That was never what God was going to do when he sent Jesus. What did he do? Jesus came to set the captive free. He came to do something much more important and much bigger. If he would have overthrown the authority of Rome, there would have been another tyrant that would have come to power in a short season and his work would have been undone. But what he did on the cross was never undone because it was eternal. He was outside of time. He's saying, look, this is going to be the eternal sacrificial lamb for every single sinner that receives me and accepts me as their Lord and Savior. And we have that inheritance. It's the same thing now. All these quote unquote prophets and people that are promising all this great positive stuff. Yeah. And, you know, people are so excited by their message. But that's not the message. The message is I'm going to empower the church. I'm going to empower those that have ears to hear. I'm going to put favor and blessing on your life. You're in it, but you're not of it. I'm going to give you an assignment from me, from God, to, to set the captive free, to lay hands on the sick, to see miracle signs and wonders, and to, to be about the greatest harvest of all time. And some people say, well, that's not exciting. You know what? If that's not exciting for you, then I would say you got to get into the word and pray because there's something wrong. There's something off, okay? Because every believer should be excited about the harvest. Every believer should be excited about God operating in miracles, signs, and wonders. And every believer should be excited that we are in this world, but we're not of it. And we're on our way to rule and reign for all eternity with Jesus Christ. It's far better, just like what Jesus did on the cross. It's far better. It may not be as popular because people want clickbait and they want something right now, drive through Christianity. And so all they want is just like, God, do it now do it now i want to see everything now i'm not saying that some things might might not happen here on this earth i mean we know there's going to be three years of peace before you know the antichrist goes into full crazy mode right so it may look good but that's not where our hope is our hope is in doing the work of the kingdom and in eternity our hope is in jesus christ and so we we don't have to be like the people that were you know in ancient rome when jesus came you know thinking he was going to overturn the government you know, he came to set the captive free. He did something far more important and far more long lasting, by the way. And, and that's what he's doing in you and I. He's taken, we're in Gilgal and we're about to go into the manna has stopped, but we're going to eat from the fruit of the promised land. I declare and decree that over you today. You are going to eat from the fruit of the promised land. Far better, far more nutritious, and, and just the favor, the blessing of the Lord is upon you in the name of Jesus. I thank you for the blessing. I thank you for the favor. I pray that we would consecrate ourselves today and we would understand the significance of Gilgal and why you had me preach this message today, Lord. And I pray that it would click in every remnant warrior out there. I pray that everybody listening today would be encouraged, not because of some news cycle or news event, but because you are king and you are Lord and you're moving on our behalf and you're going before us and you're making a way where there is no way. And as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. The blood is over the doorstop. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Give him praise. Give him praise, church. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. You're good. You're worthy of praise. You're worthy of honor. You're worthy of glory. Oh, Lord, we feel it. It's so close. We know breakthrough is at hand. Thank you, God, for what you're going to do. I glorify your name. Holy is your name. Worthy is your name, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Just praise him, church. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. Oh, I feel the anointing so strong in here today. So strong in here today. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. Oh, just pour out on the saints out there, Lord. Pour out on everybody that's watching this this morning. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Lord, let us be more like you. Less of me and more of you, God. 
Let me be in your spirit, Lord Jesus, every day. Let me die to my flesh, Lord. I don't want to hurt anybody. Oh, God, just let me be about your business. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Listen, the anointing's so strong right now. I believe there's somebody, multiple people that are watching. In fact, one of you has a black shirt on right now. Somebody with a black shirt, the Lord's showing me. You, God is touching you right now. You feel, you feel it right now. That's not me. That's the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I see a, a blonde woman uh, with, with a red shirt right now. And your hair is a little bit curly. And you're in amazement right now that God's literally calling you out by name. You've had an unspoken request, something that you haven't shared, but it's been very difficult that you've had to walk through this. And God is saying he heard your prayer and you're at Gilgal. You're about to have a breakthrough in your situation. So praise him for what he's going to do. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. Jesus. Jesus, there's a mama on here right now, and I see an infant baby. There's an infant baby uh, in your in your household, your baby, and you've been praying because things have been real tough in your house. And God's just saying, He hears your prayers. Don't give up and don't grow weary. And you know what that situation is. It's something to do with your spouse. Don't grow weary. Don't grow weary. He's with you and He hears your prayers. Hallelujah. Um, I'm just the Lord keeps speaking right now. There's somebody that's got a medical diagnosis and the diagnosis has been dire, and you're dealing with that in the flesh, and the Lord's saying, come out of the flesh and deal it in the spirit. We're at Gilgal, and we gotta remember what God has done, and he wants to do a miracle in your life, in your situation. Touch the hem of his garment today, and have the faith that he's gonna do it. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. One more thing, Lord's put on my heart. Somebody's got a, a relative that's got a drug addiction and you are just grieving. It's embarrassing for you. It, it, there's a source of shame in your family, in your community where you don't even want to bring it up, but you're dealing with this a lot. And I just want to release you right now in Jesus' name. Lay it at the foot of the cross. God's got his hand on that young man or that young woman. I don't know. There's actually multiple people now the Lord's saying this is about. And listen, he's got his hand on them. Your prayers are making a significant impact. Don't grow weary in the situation. In both instances, God is gonna send somebody into that person's life to speak to them, and they're gonna be a prodigal in Jesus' name. They're gonna be a prodigal. You keep praying, you keep standing, you keep standing. Okay, there's a husband that has a gambling addiction, a gambling addiction, and you it grieves your heart, and you're a strong believer. You know who you are. You're a strong believer, and it grieves your heart. And God's just saying, you, your prayers are sanctifying the home and that just keep praying and believing and standing, but he hears your prayers and he knows that it grieves you, but don't let it destroy the marriage. God's saying, don't let it destroy the marriage. You, you keep standing and praying and get your prayer closet and God is going to rectify this situation in due season in Jesus name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Wow. What a morning. What a morning. I don't usually get these types of pictures, but they're coming to my, my head right now. God is just dropping them in my head. And so I feel that's it right now. Um, I just want to be obedient to him when he does that. Once in a while in, in preaching, he'll do that or, you know, in just certain situations. I'm not, I'm not a showboat. I'm not here to do this just to say a bunch of crazy stuff. And I'm certainly not into psychic stuff. This is uh, from the Holy Spirit. And so uh, I just have to be obedient not to quench the spirit when he speaks that way, if that makes sense. If you've never seen that before, it's just, it's just operating in the prophetic. Uh, it's part of a prophetic mantle and a prophetic anointing, but the Lord just put that out there right now. So thank you, Lord. If that was you, and I have no recollection, I barely even remember, I remember what I just said uh, because I felt the presence of the Lord come over me. But if that was you, write us and let us know that was you and receive that healing today in Jesus' name. Okay, we gotta go. 
Uh, let's go ahead and pray. If you want to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior today, on my best day of preaching, I can't make you do it. I can't make you feel what you felt this morning. What it is, it's the presence of the living God, the Holy Spirit, and He wants to touch you this morning. If that's you, say, Pastor, I just want to make sure if I were to die, if I were to get killed, if Jesus were to come, I want to make sure I'm on my way to heaven. I want to make sure my name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. If that's you, go ahead and lift your hand right now. That's me, Pastor. And uh, let's go ahead and pray. Just pray this prayer after me as we're praying this together. Say, Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for the cross. I thank you for the blood that was shed for me. Jesus, come into my heart. Be my Lord and be my Savior. I will serve you all the days of my life. I thank you, God, for what you've done for me. I receive in my heart and I, I accept that you are Lord. And I confess with my mouth, Jesus, you are Lord of my life. I will serve you for the rest of my life in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. The angels are rejoicing right now. If you just did that prayer, whether you did it for the second time or the first time, doesn't matter. Listen, you are now in Christ. You are a new creation. The old has passed away. Repent of your sin and unrighteousness. And let us know, by the way, uh, we would love to hear from you uh, if you had just done that. You can go to pastortodd.org, pastortodd.org. And with that, we are going to conclude today's service. Remember, May 5th in Nashville, Tennessee, we're going to be opening the first Remnant Revival Center. We'd love to see you out here. Come on down if you can and uh, let me know you're going to be here. And we would love to, you know, just experience that day with you and fellowship with you and see what God's going to do because it's going to be exciting. All right, my friends, thank you for tuning in. We love you and we bless you. And we'll be back next week. God bless. When the music fades and all is stripped away and I simply come Longing just to bring Something that's of worth That will bless your heart I'll bring you more than a song For a song in itself is not what you have required You search much deeper within Through the way things appear You're looking into my heart I'm coming back to the heart of worship And it's all about you it's all about you, Jesus I'm sorry, Lord, for the thing I've made it When it's all about you It's all about you, Jesus King of endless worth no one could express how much you deserve Oh, and though I'm weak and poor All I have is yours Every single breath I'll bring you more than a song For a song in itself Required, oh Lord, 
much deeper within Through the way things appear You're looking into my heart I'm coming back to the heart of worship And it's all about you It's all about you, Jesus I'm sorry, Lord, for the It's all about you, Jesus And nothing else And nothing else Nothing else would do I just want you And nothing else And nothing else Nothing else will do I just want you And nothing else And nothing else, Jesus Nothing else will do